Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. What do y'all think about Jesus? No, no, that's a personal question. What do y'all think about Jesus, like for real? Give him whatever you got for him right now. Yeah. Is that all you got? Is that it? Give him what you got for him. Greater, greater, greater. God, you're awesome. Me out of you. Me out of you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we're first of all grateful for your presence. Anywhere your presence is, your nature is there. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what's going on. What is so precious to us is that we reside in you. We're grateful that we are people that you've saved and you delivered. You've placed us. We are your beloved, and we're grateful for that. We don't take it lightly at all to be here and to assemble ourselves as your people. I ask that you would touch every heart individually, of course, minister to them. I pray no one will ever be the same. I pray that you will find total liberty. May our yes be a yes from the heart. May our surrenderance be a, a surrender from the heart. Got no lip service at all. Arrest our attention and speak to us. Transform us. Do this for your glory. And those that are watching, God, I ask that you would touch their homes and minister to those that would like to be here and they're not here. Strengthen them and encourage them in your precious name. Thank you for your anointing that is upon your people. And everybody in this place say amen. amen. And amen. One more time. Give them a thunderous praise. Would you do it? He's amazing. He's amazing. Please be seated. The Lord bless you. I am so glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. And it's the first time that I've been here in the summertime. And it is light all the time. And trying to adjust to sleeping. I was warned about these moments that the sun don't go down and whatever. And I'm going like, wow, this is for real. Like, this is like for real, for real. But it's been beautiful. It's been just amazing. Amazing, amazing to be here during this time. See the mountains, they're beautiful. This place is absolutely gorgeous. I do love the snow time, you know, as long as I'm just getting out of the car and getting in the building. Because uh, homie don't be playing that cold stuff, I'm just saying. I'm, but I'm so grateful to see you again. It is, it's been too long. Your pastors, of course, are very dear to me. I don't really have the words, and if I get on that, it's going to get a little, it's going to get, no doubt, very emotional. I love them very much. The Bracken family is dear to our family because we are family. Yes, we are literally family. My children, of course, love him and love them. You can't help but to, right? What do you think about your pastors? Family, family to me. Uh, little Daniel and Hannah, of course, are very, very dear to me. I'm praying that you all are praying during this moment in particular with what God is doing with you here in Wasilla. I want to tell them I love you. You know I, you know I do, and um, I'd do anything for you. I love you dearly. I really mean that. I'm very grateful for you. Let's go to the Word before it gets, yeah. Get your Bibles, please. Are you ready? Okay, so let's go to 2 Timothy quickly. There is much that the Lord is doing, and I'm sure most of you have been praying and seeking the Lord on how God would use you and what he would do with you during this time. Alaska is very much on God's radar of what he's doing in the earth. There is something happening, and I'm sure some of you have seen a lot of stuff on the news and hearing things, and I'm sure there's concern. Um, but he raised up the right people for the right time. His hand is on his people. You should never panic. I don't care how crazy you get. Don't panic. Stay cool, calm, and collective. God is in charge of this, and he has great plans, great, great plans. Trust me, there's no evil that's ever greater than God. I don't care what it looks like. God is doing something. Everybody say right now. And truly he is. And so you're in his hand. He's doing work in you. He's doing work with you, and there'll be work done through you. 
And you must be really open for God to stretch you. Everybody say that word, stretch. Give you a different level of capacity to be able to move in the things of God without complaining. How many of y'all ever met complaining saints? Nobody? Oh, that's right. That's in California. I'm so sorry. How many of you have ever met complaining saints? Sure. Doesn't mean they're not saved. They just complain a lot. And uh, you have to be real careful to not follow suit. You have to be very strong in your praise and your gratitude. Very, very strong. Amen? Be grateful. Everybody say that word. Say it again with a grateful face. Be grateful. Be grateful for what God is doing and what he's allowing because he's going to really use you all here in Wasilla. What's going on is not just for your city. I need you to understand that. It's not just for your city. You know, there is what is called a obedience around the world. You have connected with millions that are obeying God around the world. The impact is not just for this region. What you do here has a rippling effect around the world. You will never know all the people you've impacted. You'll never shake hands with them. You'll never know their name. But I assure you, your yes to God here and your obedience, is, your obedience here is being felt in ways that some of you will not be able to comprehend until you get to heaven. How many of you know that God has a people that want to obey him? Lift your hand up if you want, if you understand. So it's, it's really important. So let's read these verses, please. Second Timothy, second chapter, 14 verse, 2 and 14. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God, not to wrangle about words, which is useless. And lead and led, and it leads to, I'm sorry, the ruin of the hearer. Be careful to remind them of this. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. And among them, now this is very important, Hymenaeus and Philetus, is, when, I, when, I, when I hear this, it's scary to me because I don't think people understand what wrong talk does. Wrong talk has this cancerous effect on those that are hearing. As a matter of fact, people can talk you out of saying yes to God if you let them. Because it's ridiculous. Come on, I mean, God calls for our faith, right? To walk in faith, right? But sometimes faith that you're walking in, it's, it's contrary to all of your senses. Your natural senses is being affected. And it can bring and stir up great fear. And you have to be careful to not let people talk you out of your faith or your walk of faith. You must always embrace that with great joy. Be grateful that when you lay down, you say, I've been working on the church all day. I've been doing this. Be grateful on Monday after service is over. All of you that are in staff and those of you that are working in ministry, be grateful that you're going to sleep with the right, with the right tiredness. You're not tired because of you just working an eight-hour uh, eight job five days a week. You're actually working in the kingdom of God. I've had one person come to me and told me, said, I just, I just feel used. I just, I just feel used. I just feel burnt out. And I'm looking at it going, you never was lit on fire yet. It's like, I mean, burnt out with what? I mean, you've you only been here for three weeks. Like, three services, you know. Smile when I say that now. So I had to like bring her in and help her understand what it means in ministry. If you're doing it for me, that simply means you're a fan. We have a lot of churches filled with fans. They're a fan of the preacher. They're a fan of the sermon. They're a fan of the singing. That's not what God is doing. There's a difference between a fan and being a family. Y'all know family takes work. Some of y'all came to church so mad today because family takes work. <laughs> Some of you cut the church on Sunday morning, you know, until that child to wake up, I don't know how many times. People are late, dragging, you so mad because family can be a trip. Talk up in here. Yeah, family can be really challenging. So it's not about God building us as a fan base. Listen close. He is and has brought us into his family so that we can be his full possession. We are family. I like that. No, no, no. I'm just saying. We are. You can say it out. We family. No, go, on, say, go ahead. Go on and practice. We family. 
I, I don't even care what color the person is next to you, none of that matters. My dad is white, so when my dad and I would sit down and get ready to eat, and he would, you know, he'd tell him, you know, whatever he wants, give him what he wants, it's my oldest boy. And sometimes they would look at me and look at him and go, wait a minute. We're family. I never even explained to people. We're just simply family. Smile and say, I'm family. Now, if you're not family, this is a good time to become family. We are. So a church that's filled with fans is a dangerous gathering. Dangerous, because there's nothing that commits you to them other than how they entertain you. And you'll be surprised how many folks come to church to be entertained and to be wild and to go out and say, oh yeah, we won today. We, we don't need fans. We need for the Spirit of God to break loose in your heart, tie you and group you with his family. We are family. Jesus taught that when you pray, you pray this prayer. Our Father, not my Father, our Father who art in heaven. Our Father, we're family. Do y'all believe that? Yes. No, do you actually believe it? Now, what's interesting about this passage is I want you to see the kind of commitment. One is we don't poison each other's minds. You would never give your child poison. You would never take him to a cliff and push him over. You would never, you would never encourage him or her to commit suicide. You love them. You're tied. You're family, right? Right? So when we address each other and talk about what God is doing, the worst thing we can do is try to sabotage the joy that other people has. Now, I know this doesn't make sense right now, but hang with me, please. I want you to, to be diligent in this. Be diligent to present yourself approved. Now, let me say this real quickly before I go any further. There's an anointing on you. And this anointing that's on you is not like any people that I've seen. Something that's different about now and here. It's been a long time. I've been in the ministry for many years, but I... I've seen a lot of things, but it's been a long time when God will take a people to do the impossible, like literally the impossible as a group of people. I've seen people walk in and they write a check and it's done. But when God chooses a people to do something in an area where powers are being broken, I mean, true demonic powers are afraid of you. Well, God raises up a people to punish demons, to drive out perversion, to expose the works of darkness, to give hope to those that are completely hopeless and shut out. Listen, I know the move of God is all over the earth, but I'm just saying on a personal level, in the last 10, 15 years, it's been rare that I've seen anything like this, where you can, you can drive into a city and see something up on a hill that's not supposed to be there in the natural. But God ordained it before you were ever born. Then he raised you up to be a part and to partner with him in what he wants to do in Wasilla. That's crazy. Because some of us, you know, God had to pull us out of a whole lot of junk to get us to do what we're doing right now. How many of y'all know that God did that? Put your hand up if you know he did that. And so studying yourself right now is one of the most important things in where you are. Being able to study you. I know some believes this verse means study the scripture. It does not say that. And the Greek is very strong. Study you. Study yourself to be approved. Not study the word. It's not adding knowledge to knowledge. Read it in the book. Study yourself. Learn how when you're up under pressure and things are going a little crazy to study yourself. Be a student of where you are and also where you're not. Be a student with your own words and the stuff that we kind of like, you know, accustomed to saying and, our, you, know, our, our, you know, our default. You know, we, we, want, we want to make sure that, God, I'm careful. I'm very careful. I know me. If you don't keep me, I'm jacked up. If you don't watch me, if you don't give me power, if you don't give me the ability to really get through this stuff, I'm going to mess up. I know me. I've studied me enough. I know me. I know I, I'm ready to slap somebody right now. Keep me, Jesus. Keep me. Study yourself so that you would be approved. Listen, watch the verse. I love this verse. He said, I want you to study because this is the moment. How many of y'all believe that the glory of God is upon you? That y'all don't say it like you mean it. I said, how many of you believe the glory of God is upon you? 
because there's things here that we need to be very careful so you can accurately handle the word of truth. Study you so you can accurately handle the word of truth. Lift both hands up right now and say, oh God. Say it out with all of your heart. Oh God, I want to be accurate. Say it again. Oh God, I want to be accurate. Open your mouth now and ask him, I want to be accurate. Yes, I want to be accurate. I want every word that I say. I want it to matter. I want it. I want. I want it. I want an aim to everything that I say. I open your mouth. And say, God, I want to be accurate when it comes to the truth. I don't want to be clumsy. I don't want to be wasteful. I want to be accurate in the things of God. So he goes on, and I love this. He said, "Listen, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying the resurrection has already taken place." And they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Listen, this is where, where I want to go. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. I want you to jump on your feet. Come on, jump up. Get up, get up. I want you to turn around a few times and say, God, you, your hands is on me. You're, you're doing something in me. Come on, do it, do it. Get, oh, turn around. God, your hands is on me. God, you're doing something with me. You're doing. Take a moment out. Take a moment out. Your hands is on. I didn't ask you to think about what you did wrong last week. Open your mouth and say, Your hands is on me. You're, I know you're with me. I'm not. I know this. All right, now be seated so we can get to this. <laughs> we have been sealed. I love the verse. The firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Then I want you to go to a few other places in Scripture, some verses that are very, very dear to me, and I want you to be able to just kind of glean from these verses because God has always had a people. I don't care how crazy it looked, he's always had a people. Do you believe that? Because if you notice in the Bible that it, it is rare that you find anything that is relatively dealing with just some organizational administration thing. It's really rare. When you do find it, it's really powerful, but it's kind of rare because we know that these things, they come and they go. And it's the reason why it's there. It's without any real, and I'm not saying it's not significant. I'm not saying that at all. We need organization. We need administration. We definitely need that. Do you all know that? We need that. Because if there's not organization, that means there's disorganization. We need organization. Do you all understand? So what God does, you find that because of this, that so quickly the things we organize and the things we put together, really quick, those things can be obsolete almost in a matter of weeks or days. One church has this setting and then a new style comes in. We, our styles of singing changes. There's so many things, programs change. Things that work now don't work later. We try some things. If we work, we keep. If not, we keep moving because we understand that things are changing when it comes to communicating with people. So God does not hold your feet in cement to make you do this and that constantly. What he does do, he wants you to hold to the word because that's where our power is. That's where our authority is. And so as you can see throughout scripture, you'll find that God has never, ever, ever just told the people, hey, look, I want you to have just some kind of formula because sometimes we treat church and things in church like it's a formula. And so we're rushing to get these formulas, right? And oftentimes these formulas are only created so they can flee or become obsolete because you grow. You're not wearing the same shoes you wore when you were two years old. You grow, ministry grow, they expand. And so the need of things begin to change. Our giving changes, our service change. We start seeing things, see, I'm, I'm sensing things in our spirit. Things begin to grow in our heart and we expand. We find that God gives us a greater and greater capacity in the things of God. So at first things is cool, but then you start growing up and you begin to think different. You think more maturely. Your service is different than what it was when you first started. Because when we first started, we didn't have to understand everything. We just did it because you just go and you do whatever is told and whatever, that kind of thing. But as you grow now, you grow up and those of you that know this as parents, when you were a child, it's no big deal. You rode your bike, you did whatever, you cleaned your room, but now you're a grown person. 
So that means that that responsibility is not less, but it's more. But it causes your senses to be very, very sharp and very accurate, very cute. So God deals with us in the church that we don't become duller. We don't do less. We don't serve less. We don't love less. We don't worship less. We don't pray less because all of that is our acts of immaturity. So we need more than just some type of format. We need to look at the life of Jesus. And in his life, we begin to find things between him and the Father because the relationship is between him and the Father. Do you all understand that? Between him and the Father. So that becomes, to us, it becomes an agitating reality. I did say that. It's an agitating reality because we find ourselves short at times. And we're longing, we're begging, we're pleading to be just like Jesus in the earth. It's more than just coming to church and doing the church stuff. It's so much deeper than that. So now people, they begin to expand into areas. They, they work in, in the nursery who they had swore that they would never work in the nursery. They, you know that if they're ushering they look and even like people i don't even want to usher but all of a sudden their senses now are maturing because of the word of god that's flowing in them things change they, some came to church and it was so listen they were so tight they did not like to give they were so stingy they were so tight that they squeak when they walk but now god begins to mature them they see things they value things different things are just different now so everything they do is so different they come in and they're mature, they're grown, and they're growing up. And although they only see in part, they're still growing up in the things of God. I'd love to see people grow up. I, I'd love it. Nothing, nothing hurts me more than to go to church and see people in the same place they were in 10 years ago. Something is always wrong. Even when people get married, you think this is the way it should be. You get married, it's two of you now, you should be, you should be twice the trouble to the devil, right? In other words, God is not trying to make room for you to, to be immature. He has given you vast opportunity to grow in and to do more and to say more the things of God and to flow in the things of God and to have a prayer life that is off the chain. Your worship life, it, it has nothing to do with song service. It has nothing to do with just listening to music. It's like now you're in a place where you hunger to worship. You, you now, now praise and worship, or should I say, songs just become a tool to you not an entertainment so you're growing and you're growing and sometimes it's so irritating you know how that was when you were younger you couldn't wait to turn 13 because you wanted to be a teenager i can't wait to turn then you turn 13 so i can't wait to be 16 so i can get my driver's license you turn 16 i can't wait to be 18 so i can get out of the house i mean it's just it's just these things that's inside of you you just grow and god grooms you for what he has for you he he already has those things prepared for you but he's grooming you he's preparing you and so the journey now is a serious journey it's a and it's not for tender-footed people and there's those that have been in church for a long time and their feet is still tender they don't understand if you're going to climb the mountain and meet with God you're going to have to get some callus under your feet you can't you can't whine about everything you you can't want to be pampered every single service and people got to put a pacifier in your mouth to stop you from whining that doesn't work you got to grow up now score your shoulders and look at the devil and tell him you are a liar I God has placed his hand on me there's a seal on me everybody shouted out seal yes and so what God does, he draws us into all of these different things. And there's so many conflicts because you can't have a family without some level of conflict. And there are those that want to possess you. I'm just telling you, they want to possess you. They, they want to change your clothes. I can't go anywhere without seeing something like that in some surroundings where there's somebody in the church that believe that they are the helicopter saint. They're going around and they're swarming over everybody. And they're the one that says, do, don't, do, sit down, shut up, cut your beard, grow a beard, cut your hair, hair too long. What do you do? with those tattoos look at you you got that fingernail polish on don't you know you're going to hell lipstick looking like jezebel i mean they they really believe they're that helicopter voice in the talk to me for a minute but they have no idea how immature they really are uh, they're sincere i'm not saying that but they're so immature they don't see god they don't see god as being this vast one that's able to receive and accept people and know their sacrifice and know where it's coming from and and know when they give that last hundred dollars no no god knows exactly where it's going god knows it's between them and him it's not them in the church it's between them and him and so god sees every movement every motion in detail Yes, that's the reason why some of us, you're wanting things to change. You want God to lift the pressure. God is saying, I can't 
Look, there's a difference between pressure and responsibility. I'm teaching you responsibility, and you're deeming that as being pressure. But God knows how. He knows how. I'm telling you, he knows exactly what we need to hammer us and to put us talking here for a minute. Yeah. Come on, talk for a minute now. So I know some of us, we just want to feel goo-goo bumps and just have church and fall out and cry and, you know, boo-hoo and spit and foam and jump. Praise God. But when all of that's said and done, you got to love your neighbor. You got to live right. You got to live holy. You got to have a pure heart. And you got to build the things of God. Open your mouth for a moment and say, God, I'm ready. I Tell him I'm ready. And so what happens is you find that there's this mutual beneficial relationship between all of us. It is mutual. It is powerful. And so as we read this verse, and this is what I love, Numbers, the eighth chapter, listen to this. Now this workmanship, and speaking of Numbers 8 and 4, this workmanship of menorah, yes, was hammered gold from its shaft to its flowers. It was hammered work according to the pattern which the Lord had shown Moses. So he made the lampstand. This is where I'm going with this. This is why the word is so important. Your obedience is like a light. Oh my God. When God finds people that will obey, it is what is called in theology, the light of obedience. God has never ordained for you to be a bunch of dull saints doing the same routine, doing the same stuff. God has called you to be sharp in your obedience, to know you are and to know those things in you, study you, to know those things inside of you that resist those things inside of you that won't tolerate such depth. God has called us to be a people of obedience. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice, to be a people of obedience. I want you to get this because it's very important. That's why I wanted to go to Timothy first because I wanted you to understand studying you is so important to these moments. Yes, yes, I know some of us, we don't study ourselves. We study our children. Yeah, our children going through, we all own them. We study our children, but we don't study how we respond to our children. Yeah, so you just yell and scream and have a fit and tell them to shut up and you slap them and act all ugly and all, all your tone is horrible. They don't even want to come to you. They don't trust your mood because they don't know when you're going to act up and act, a, and act a fool. And then they got to see you go to church and worship. You talking to everybody kind of stuff for your own children talk. So you're not studying you. You're studying them. You, you don't got on my nerve. Girl, if you, listen, if you don't, I will slap the black off you. You. Are you, have you lost your mind? I brought you in the world and I'll take you out. And God is going like, you keep talking like that, I'm going to take you out. So it's like, you, you understand? So it's like God is trying to get us to study our attitudes. He's trying to get us to understand where we're coming from. And this is why you need folks that get on your nerve. You need folks that rub you the wrong way. You need folks that disagree with you because God has to show you about those things that's never been resolved. He's got to show you about those stuff that you just kicked up under the, ca the carpet and just said hallelujah. You got a hallelujah over it. You got to praise the Lord over it. But God is going deep after those details because you are a light set on the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you understand? So people can't just come to church and run into that nastiness. And they, there's nothing worse than nastiness in the church, bigotry in the church, racism in the church. There's nothing worse. I expect in the world. I expect it in clubs. I expect it with gangs, but not with God's people. God's people are people of light. They're folks that was taken out of darkness and brought into the light. They're, they're the folks that was taken from death and brought into life. You are people that have an obedience that lights up a city. You are, you are folks that completely different. You are his holy possession and you have been sealed by God. That seal is a seal of security. You shouldn't have to feel feeble and out of it and weary. No, you have been sealed as a seal of security because we are his holy possession. And this is why it's important to even understand this in numbers. It's very important to understand it because get it, this trips me out. They take a weight of gold, which is about 95, 96 pounds of gold. And now they're getting ready to what is called, they're going to build the lampstand. You find that over in the book of Revelation as well. But he talks about in the lampstand, he said, now listen, if you don't repent, what I'm going to do is remove the lampstand. If you don't repent, I'm coming after the lampstand, the very thing that was built for you to sit on top and be a light and walk in obedience. I'll remove the stand. Now, what's interesting is that this lampstand, it has seven, what we understand in, in, the, in, the, in the Greek or in the Hebrew, what we understand, you're talking seven lamps here on one stand. What is interesting is that they take one 
piece of gold to make that entire lampstand. In other words, they don't make it out of pieces. They do this out of one piece of gold, 90 something pounds, some of 100 pounds of gold, and they will use a hammer to beat that stand and to make it beautiful and to make it capable of holding the candles that go in each one of them, seven of them. Some of you have been wondering why you've been filling the hammer. Gold always represents purity. In some passages it represents glory, but it represents purity. Very important. And the hammer, he said, I want you to do this now because it's important. I don't want to have a church or people that have no light. I didn't call you into the dark to know me. I brought you out of darkness to know me. So what God does, he begins to deal with attitudes and bring light to certain things. Yes, you know, there are people that come to church, not here, in, but in California. They come to church and they love the church. They love the ministry and everything. But when it comes down for the hammer, time for the hammer, we have problems with the hammer. We forget that it's a kind, it's a kind hammering. It's a, it's a hammering that has focus. It's a hammering that has a goal. It's not a hammering that is aimless. It's a hammering that has design that's connected to it. And so God begins to hammer, deal with the stuff that we don't want God to deal with. Talk to me for a minute. <laughs> I, I know some of you are perfect, so you don't even get this, but the rest of us, you need to say, man or old me, either one to work. So what he draws us into his presence, right? Because he doesn't want a house without light. I'm so grateful. You've understood anything about the tabernacle. It wasn't just making the tabernacle. It was also giving them the ability to see, to have illumination. The illumination of obedience in the house is so crucial. I didn't ask you about the pain or the suffering. The illumination of the illumination of obedience is crucial. And you're now in a place right now that looks a little crazy. I get it. I understand it. I get it. I do understand it because the light of your obedience is going to be seen all over the world. And I'll say it again. The light of your obedience is going to be seen all over the world. Listen to what he says. He will sit as a refiner in Malachi 3 and 3 and purify of silver, purify of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. Everybody say offerings, shout it out, offerings in righteousness. The, the golden lampstand is to represent something. This is the congregation. This is another thing. I'm going to do this really quick as I can because I realize that some of us, it's, you only see, you only see right now, perhaps you only see Casey here, Wasilla. You, this, is, this is what you see. This is, this is it. But you don't understand, you don't understand that there is what is called the mystical church. This is the local church, but there's the mystical church. That is the church all around the world. You've never seen the full church or the full body of Christ. You've never beheld the full body of Christ. And I thought I was praying about you all because I love you all so much. I love coming here. I love hugging your neck and seeing you all. And I just love being here because you all cray cray. And I love cray cray people. I love cray cray people. And I know that you all, when you, when you hear it's like, it, it's, it's, it's on, like it's the real deal. But I was thinking about this and I've been praying for you and I'm going, God, look, I thank you for what you're doing, but I know that this is bigger than Wasilla. I know that what you're building and what you're doing and how God has assembled you, I know that this is much larger than just Alaska. I know what is taking place and what's trans transpiring is not just for you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but you're building for people that some of you will not even live long enough to see. That there's something that is eternal about what God has planted here in Wasilla. That this is not just a matter of another building, and it's, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much beyond just walking into a brand new facility. It's, it's more than having a brand new nursery and a brand new children's ministry and a brand new group. It's, so it's so much deeper than that. It is that the seal of God is upon you and you are his possession. And I've got to tell you, don't get upset. Some of you have been making trouble for demons for a long time. Your obedience to God has stirred up the demonic. The demonic has thought what I'll do, I'll sabotage everything I, they put their hand to. I'll turn it all into a mess. I'll turn it all down. I'll, I'll make sure that it won't come to pass. But the word of the Lord over you is what you battle with. That's your battle axe. 
But now while the enemy is being fought on the, on the forefront, which is really important, there's also some stuff inside of us that God is dealing with. Everybody say hallelujah. Oh, he's teaching you how to humble yourself, teaching you how to get along with people. Mm-hmm. How to like folks you never said, I ain't invite them to my house. God said, oh, really? <laughs> you won't have to invite them, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to help you to be so broke, you're going to need some help, and they'll be the only one available. <laughs> Don't even stress it, because what he's doing, he's organizing a people in Wasilla. Out of all the places in the country, there's something that's beaming from this place in Alaska. I'm so glad to be here during the summer. I don't know what to do. I'm so glad I'm just saying, I'm, listen, this place in Alaska, God is beaming a light from Alaska into the heavens. And it is a light of people that have been sealed, but it's also a light of those that are careful with what they say. They have studied their attitudes. They have applied the word of God for those areas that need to be healed. They are rightly dividing the things of God. They're not walking in arrogance. They don't have to be right all the time. They're not walking around as some little, so little a, a, a thermometer Christian that's trying to always hot, cold, cold, hot. They're not trying to pick out all the bad or the, they're not that way. They're so broken. They're so humble. They realize, God, I can't do anything without you at all. Like I'm in a place in my life, I don't want to do anything without you. You are that people. Now, listen, I'm just telling you, you are that people. I'm glad that you didn't do things that's based on the fashion show. You want to be like everybody, sing like everybody, preach like everybody. I'm glad that you've accepted your identity here in Wasilla. I'm glad that you said, God, listen, it's not a matter of us being like everybody. It's a matter of us being your people. We are your possession. You have called us. Lift your hands up everywhere. Lift them up everywhere and say, God, thank you for what you're doing in me. Say it out loud. Thank you. So now what happens is your marriages are going to be healed. I sense it's strong. Some of you that's been just wrestling with things in your marriage. God has healed your marriage. He's making sure that you're studying how to have a solid home, a solid relationship with you, your children. This place will be a place known, and I say this prophetically, it'll be known throughout the nation. If you want to be healed, go to Wasilla. If you need God to encourage you, get on a plane and go to Alaska. I know you're kind of like, frozen but go to Alaska I understand you don't feel like you have any life but there's a place in Alaska they'll lay hands on you they'll break the powers off of you they'll declare over you victory give God a praise if you believe he'll do it And so this is one of the reasons why that I honestly believe that God is bringing us to a place and it's very, very, it's very crucial. Because remember the Levites, the Levites are the ones that took the place of the first because that they did worship the golden calf, right? So God raises up the Levites. Please hear me when I say this, I only have a few moments. The spirit of the living God had took some of you and took some of us out of places that we never thought we can walk away from. It is crazy, crazy. Some of you, God brought you out of homosexuality. Some of you out of drugs. Some of you, God brought you out, you was a straight up alcoholic. First class, you have the card of alcoholism. God broke that thing off of you. God brought some of you out of molestation. You went through hell and back. And God reached in and brought you out at the time you thought you didn't even, you didn't even want to live. And he set you here in Wasilla. Out of all the places, he brought you to Wasilla or you was here in Wasilla. And now the Spirit of God moved up on your heart to bring you to a steady place where you're saying, God, I want your will. Will you practice it? I just want your will. Just practice it. Practice it. You say it out loud. I just want you will. And so what we find is, we find that God is doing this. And I have to say this because it's really important to me to say this more than anything. I felt so strong that it's not a matter of you all living off of just the, the miracles. How many of you know we need miracles? Put your hand up if you believe in miracles. But it's not just living off of miracles. It's, it's, there's something deeper that's going on in this ministry. I believe God gives us miracles. Say hallelujah for miracles. How many of y'all have gotten some miracles too? Like, put your hand up, some major miracles. But it's not just the miracles. Listen, it will be a lifestyle for the miraculous to flow from you. It will be so unique for God to do what he's going to do with you and through you. I, listen, I'm telling you, the spirit of God set you all up. And while some of you might be having issues and father issues and mother issues and other things going on in your life that's really challenging, 
God is healing you. He's drawing your attention to areas not so you can be condemned, not so you can feel aimless, not for you to feel so unworthy. He's bringing the things to your attention so you can see that he's the God that heals you totally and completely. Whatever is going to happen here in this place, it has to be those soldier type of people. Those folks that's not fighting to be civilians. They're fighting the fight for God. You were born to be a warrior. And this is why attitudes and everything is coming into alignment. I had one person tell me one time when they were going through something really tough. They said, I don't know why God just won't take this stuff off. I said, because it's not, you're not ready for it. I don't know. Well, I've been going through this for five years. I said, okay, I get that. But you need to trust the hammer that God is doing on you. You got to trust that he's the one that took one solid, one people, lift your hand up, you're grateful for it too, and he's making it possible. Uh, this lady said to me a few weeks ago, she said, you know, Bishop, said, you know, I, I can't take this no more. I'm ready to walk away from my marriage. I'm done with this guy. I'm through and I'm thinking to myself, listen, you don't understand how willing God is to heal your marriage. I'm going like, girl, you don't even know God the way I, God wants to heal your marriage. He's saved. He's not perfect, but neither you. He ain't got it together, but neither do you. I know you're upset. You're irritated. You want to slap him around a little bit. But I got to tell you, God is waiting for the opportunity for us to say yes to him because he's causing us to be prepared. Listen, there's no way in the world that the legislation of what we're seeing in our country is just going to live without being troubled. There's no way that the abortion laws and all of this stuff that is going on is going to exist without light troubling the darkness. You can't afford to be troubled. That's why you got to study your own fears and the things. That's what I love. I know some of y'all don't watch boxing because it's kind of violent. But I remember something that Michael Tyson said, which is, I know some of y'all might not like Michael, but Michael was a great fighter. He really was a good guy. Not a, he was a great fighter. He said, it's not a matter of fear. Everybody has fear. It's controlling that fear. It's making sure that you're not trying to fight with it, that you control that fear. Because I'm telling y'all now, we're on the winning side. God is dealing with some of us right now. There's some of you that should have had books written. They're not written yet. Some of you that you, God has given you songs and you won't sing them. Many of you, for years, God has dealt with you about stuff and God is saying, study your attitude. How come you have the stop in place? Move the stop out of, get your foot off the brakes. Be still in my presence. Hear what I'm saying to you. Learn these attitudes that is conflicting with your purpose. And one guy said to me, he was so mad he didn't know what to do. He had already told me, I'm not coming back to church. I'm done. I'm through. Because every time I come to church, you preach on me. I said, I'm so glad. Bless your heart. He thought I was going to sympathize. And I said, I don't know what you're even talking about. I know somebody's telling you. I said, no, sir. God loves you too much for you to stay stupid. God is like dealing with you. He's like going those places that you're hiding. You know people get mad when they come to this church. You know they do. And Pastor Daniel stand up and you already know he going he gonna to let it out. Y'all know right. Now, come on. Y'all know he going to let it out. I mean, I mean, he's, he's, he's white chocolate. You know he gonna let it out. You know, right? So you know he ain't holding back. And so there's times that the discernment in the word is so sharp, people get offended. They forget that the word comes to deal with our hearts so we can identify certain attitudes, then take that word and apply that to those areas so that we can be healed because there's healing in his word and then grow in the things of God and be fully honest with God. This guy told me one time, he said, man, I'm so strung out, man. I just need God to help me. And I'm thinking, strung out? What do you mean strung out? I, I see you every service. What do you mean strung out? I, I'm wanting to lift his, roll his sleeves up and see what he's talking about. I'm, I don't smell no dope on him. I don't smell, I don't see no signs of it. He said, I'm not strung out on drugs. I'm strung out on pornography. And I don't know what that feels so ugly and, and on and on. I guess he must have thought I was going to reject him. I must, he, he must have thought I was just going to tell him to leave and don't come back. Instead, I said, I want you to meet me at the church and for three days, let's fast and pray. This is a stronghold, but this thing can be broken. These powers can be quenched. For three days and three nights, we laid on our face in that church and waited on God until this stuff was broken off of him. And God delivered this man from that. Another young lady that was a prostitute strung out. She had studied everything for her to stay there because sometimes people will study their life only to find loopholes to stay exactly the way they are. 
They will blame it on their mama, their daddy, their grandpa, their grandparents, and they're blaming on everything. They study them, but they do not study to rightly divide. In other words, they make their own lives their guide. I said to her, she'd been struck. She was not on struggle. She was actually struggling with. I know it sounds strange. She wasn't on the corner or anything like that, but she was using her to get dates, using her phone to get dates with men. And I don't mean dates going to dinner. I mean dates doing craziness. And she said, I just got to tell you and first lady that I need help. I said, we got to pray because your light of obedience matters. When you stop and you obey God in the midst of those impulses, demons tremble at the name that you're serving and begin to pray and that stuff broke off of her. She was doing stuff because she was going to school and she needed to pay her tuition and she was scared and on. So she was trying to make easy money. So the devil is a lie. It's not going to be in the house of God. God wants you pure. God wants you loving him. He wants you to study those different areas. Another guy said to me, he said, listen, man, he said, I, 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 I love my wife and stuff like that, but man, I, I just, I don't even want to go home. I said, what do you mean you don't want to go home? I don't want to go home. I said, what, why don't you want to go home? I don't want to, and I start listening to him. I said, do you read the Bible? I said, yeah, I read it. You know, I, can, I read the Bible. I said, no, no, do you read the Bible? Do you, do you understand your portion that's in scripture? Are you aware of the portion that belongs to you to be healed in your heart? Do you understand that there's a portion that is yours? Have you studied to know that portion? Have you studied yourself to know how to apply it? Because if you're not careful, you come to church and you want everybody to pray for you and on and on and on, but you don't have any application outside of the church. So you have not allowed yourself to study, then take that word, apply it. Study, take that word, and accurately divide this truth. And I believe with all of my heart, some of us here, this is why God is raising you up. So you will be a testimony of those that you can, I mean, literally, you can say, I don't care what condition you're in. There's a word for your condition, and God will heal you, and God will lift you, and God will raise you up, and God will break this stuff off of you, and God will absolutely deliver you. A young man came to service just a few weeks ago. He was amongst those that were out in the gangs in Compton. He was so strung out, so sad. He said, I've never been in church since I was 16 years old. He said, I don't know. I don't even want to be in church, but his wife got saved and she was walking obedience. He was still violent, doing all kind of crazy stuff. Actually, um, yeah, they gave him retirement applause or cause so that he can come out of the gang. And so now here he is, this huge guy, I mean, huge guy, but he was pretty intense, had did a lot of dirt. He's got the guilt on his mind. He's got stuff going on in, what's in his spirit. His life is so broken and he hurt me so crazy. He heard me preaching. He was sitting in the church and he, I was on the platform and I came off the platform. He said, everything was so out of focus. He couldn't understand why everything was out of focus. And he said, soon as he saw me walk down, something happened to where everything came to focus. And God began to deal with him. He was so hard-hearted in gangs and messed up. This is a grown man, 40-something years old, that knows what it's like to kill people, do drive-bys. I mean, he was deep into stuff. And then God began to deal with his heart. Listen, he's saved now, serving God with his wife. Let me tell you, I came from a holiness church. That means that that old holiness church, many of them were very hard and hardcore. They did things based on how you looked. If you looked holy, if you had that big old thing on your head, didn't wear makeup, no jewelry. You had to wear a dress from here all the way down to the bottom of your feet. You understand? You can't let none show. And toe out shoes, you going to hell twice on Sunday. Period. You are going to hell. That, I mean, that's what they believe. And they would come to you. If you had on any makeup, they would condemn you. They wanted to possess everything you are in the name of their holiness. Had God not helped me to study my own life back then and to take the word and to apply the word, there would be so many people that I wouldn't have ever been able to communicate with. God is calling us to get rid of stuff that is not at all apparent with what he is doing. Let me tell you this, and I'm, I'm honest, if somebody can come play the piano. He is calling us to get rid of this stuff because in just a few months, 
you all are going to behold why the hammer was applied to you to be the light here in Wasilla. Pastor Daniel is not just a good preacher. Pastor Karen is not just a good preacher. You'll be able to understand the illumination of obedience, traveling fast this light around the world. The hammer has been applied. This entire time, God has been making a lampstand in Wasilla. There were people that had a prophecy over this place long before you were here. The prophetic word, the word shined here when there was nothing but darkness. God was kind to keep his word. And they had died and went on to heaven. God said, but I'm going to raise up some others. And I raise it up when this legislation is trying to literally make evil law. But I'm going to raise up a voice here in Wasilla. And their voices will be heard throughout the nation and around the globe. And they will be a people that have studied their own life long enough to apply the word of God. Because you know when you get saved, there's a divine hunger for God's word. You want the word more than you want your necessary food. Things happen in your spirit. And so now, some of you are about to see why God has done what he's done with you. Why he still calls you to give. Why he still moves upon you to sacrifice. Why your service is so very important. Now you'll be able to understand why all of this was in the making. Long before you were born, God had prophets walking the land long before you got here. Long before you, there was even a church, God had the prophetic flowing about a day and a time in which he would raise up a people. And now I get the joy of looking at some of those people. I know you're KC, and I know KC is around the world. But God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a KC in Wasilla. And when I get done, the world will know that I've done what I've done. And I will have a people that's not afraid of the hammer. Because they're the lampstand that I get to put. They're people that can be lit. They're people that can handle the fire. They're people that want the light. And they want the light of obedience. That's Wasilla. You're not just a normal, everyday people. You're not those folks that just want to come and have a little cute time with God. You're warriors. You're soldiers. You're people that dig out the trenches. You're ones that resist the powers of darkness and rebuke demons. You're those folks. You're those folks that just don't want to be domestic. You're not trying to be trained by religion. You're wild with your praise. Crazy with your thanksgiving. You are overwhelmingly enjoying your obedience. Even when your pride is touched. Or when God says give something. You're going, but wait a minute God I can't. And you're saying okay alright I'm going to do this. I'm so happy to give it to you Father. That's because God has set the lampstand. And he has a people that have studied. How many of you have studied yourself? How many of you know what to do and what not to do? Listen, I know, listen, there are things that I cannot do. Listen, my wife, trust me, there's things I know not to do. There are people that's not coming over to the house, not because she don't love them. It has nothing to do with that. She'll see them at the office, but that house is her house. And so I'm not going to stand up and do stuff that stir my nest. I've studied me, my attitude. Everybody got attitude. How many of you got some attitudes? Some of you got attitude right now. How many of you got attitude? You study these things. It is so important to God that in Philippians 2 and 5, he said, I want you to have the same attitude which was in Christ Jesus. I want you to have that same one. And he challenges us to literally come low so he can raise us up high. Wasilla, the world will know. From this place, the light of obedience will flow. And the illumination of God's word will flow from you like a river. Something is about to happen unique that's never been done in this city. This region will know, demons will know there is a God-possessed people. A people that's not plain church. Did you hear me? They're raising up children to be warriors. Your little babies will prophesy. These kids will speak in tongues and move in the things of God and move in the gifts that is going to blow people's mind. Lift your hand up and say, thank you, Jesus. North Carolina, little boy, nine years old. We were there sometime to three o'clock in the morning. Sometime we got three or four hours, came back to church, 21 weeks straight. Crazy meeting. Little boy, nine years old. The miracles was flowing like water, like water. Just crazy miracles. 
one particular lady had what she was working in a tobacco field sat down up under a tree and went to sleep she was so tired and something crawled in her ear and she couldn't hear no longer she tried to get it out but could not and she didn't want to miss church she came to church she was deaf the man of god my brother looked at her and said hey you you was up under a tree today something crawled in your ear and you can't hear out of your right ear is that right she said yes he said come to me she comes up he brings out a handkerchief puts it next to her ear said come out and when he said come out the bug crawled out of her ear right into the handkerchief crazy stuff so this little boy is seeing all of these miracles he's only nine he's seeing crazy stuff happening and this blind guy come walking in he's come walking in and he can't wait to get to him say sir sir jesus is going to heal you tonight and he's he's just trying to humor the boy yeah i know he is yeah 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 can i pray for you yeah 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 you can pray for me he stands up on the theater seats balances himself takes his nine years old takes his little hands and put it on his eyes and said jesus i've been seeing you do miracles every night you're that kind of god heal this man now give him his sight and the man just you know just oh praise god hallelujah and this stuff started melting down his eyes it was cataracts and god healed the man he starts screaming and running through the place like crazy we pull up and the crowds are so heavy there's no aisle there's no aisle we can walk in and they are going crazy nuts the children laying hands on the sick people being two-year-old boy fell dead he had a seizure and fell dead in church he's dead the man of god takes his body lays it on on the on the platform stretches his body over him and says arise get up the boy didn't get up the mother's panicking she's crying setting or standing there the crowd the balcony is jam-packed jam-packed he comes over again stretches his his body over over him and said i said get up the boy did not get up third time he goes and looks up and he says he says bro he said god has to do this i said he's got to do it he breathes into his body his little eyes are open and he says get up and the boy looked up start he didn't cry anything picked up the boy put him down on the ground and he started running around in front of the audience crazy crazy miracles one after the other now listen here's what happened though that revival began to sharpen the attitudes of the people because you can get to a place where you don't need revival you don't need time with god you can get to a place where you really think it's a bore to come to church talk to me for a minute you think it's crazy to come to church not you because y'all have their you know but there are people that don't think church is necessary, that all of this is just some spiritual experience, something weird. They don't see the necessity of people gathering and waiting on God with no other expectation but God. It's a dangerous thing to have a people expecting God. Dangerous. You can bring anybody in that situation and miracles that happen when you're expecting. You're not expecting the preacher, you're expecting God. Things happen. What God did during those 22 weeks is prepare and sharpen the attitudes. They learn how to go home tired, weary, go home, make breakfast, get ready for work, go to work, come back. Their irritations, they had no time to be irritated. They had no time to walk around mad and irritated because things didn't happen the way they wanted to. They had to now slow down, take notice of what's been hindering God from doing what he wants to do. They had to really take notice. God, my attitude is just, God, I just thank you right now. They start praying like this. Lord, I just thank you right now because I was so nasty with my wife and I thank you for touching me. Like, Lord, I've been so sharp with my children, but I want you to flow through me, flow through me. So if you could imagine hours of people crying out to God, flow through me, Jesus. I don't want me. I don't want to stand in your way. I don't want to get in the way. I want your will to be done. That's how they prayed. Hours. And the miracles happened because it was not an act it was a life from that moment forth they would walk people in and before anybody can pray for them they're up out of the wheelchair blind eyes is opening doing praise and worship the attitude of a church ladies and gentlemen is where God sets his seal I don't want to aspire to be some great preacher I'm not interested in that I want to be a great Christian 
I'm not interested in trying to be on top and everybody. Who am I? Who am I? Paul said, who is Apollos? Who in the world is Cephas? Who is Paul? We're nothing. You're everything. We're nothing. We're only servants. So I'm not trying to be the big dog. I'm not, I'm fellowship is more than the big fat fellow in the ship. I'm not trying to be that guy. I got to study myself. I go home. I'm leaving here to go home to a wife that's been ill. I got to, can I, I don't want to see her in that condition. I don't want, I don't want that. So I got to go home and I have to work through things. I have, I don't care how great the meeting is, what God is doing. I've got to take all of that home and try to get her to comprehend in those moments of great pain. The attitude factor, you might not think it's important, but it's important because it's out of that that you give and you live and you serve. It's out of that that you obey. It's out of that that you get to a place you fight. There's miracles. Yes, I don't, I, absolutely. But listen close. The miracles are not going to be the way you think. It will be a lifestyle. It will be as natural as people getting up as you walking in this place now. It'll be so natural to see the miraculous, it's going to blow your mind. And for the first time, some of us is going to get so absolutely, completely overwhelmed with finding jacked up people, finding them. You will turn your car into a bus. You will get things. I'm telling you, you, I don't care how high the gas is, some kind of way God will always make sure that your car become a bus. You will invite those that don't smell good. They got dirt all on they girl ain't nobody getting in this car uh-uh i didn't pay too much money for this car you're not gonna care what they have on because once you get them in the presence of people that shine people that are sealed people that's his possession everything changes girl came to church demon possessed sitting in the back and i don't mean just demon possessed i mean like she was possessed said in the back people start running i like stuff like that i said bring her down to me they brought her down and she's hissing and at one point i saw one girl she was like a snake on her stomach just moving toward the front i said bring it on bring it on cletus come on you might walk down but you're limping back bring it on gets and within seconds god delivered her listen to me I didn't realize that at 16 years old, this girl was at 16, was demon possessed and was causing things to levitate in her house. 16, chandeliers moving, stuffed bear, no strings, just in the air moving around. God called me for that. I'm anointed for that. I'm chosen to punish demons. I'm called not to run from darkness, but for darkness to run from me. I'm called not to be afraid, but to bring fear on everything that is contrary to God. I want you to lift your hands up. Everybody say, I'm his possession. Then open your mouth and say, God, listen, you know me better than I know myself. Go and sit out. You know me better than I know me. Say it again. You know me better than I know. And Lord, you, you know that every now and then I got some really special attitudes. Go and say, sometime I can really be special. Go on, you can admit it. Every now and then I need a real special touch. Yes, Lord, you know. You know what bus I came in on. I need you to help me. You have no idea. Some of you that never thought you can lead a Bible study, God's raising you up. You never thought you can have a group, God's raising you up. You never thought you can be in the ministry, praise and worship, God's raising you up. You never thought you can be a youth leader, God's raising you up. You never thought you can pastor another church, God's raising an extension, should I say, God's raising you up. You never thought that you can flow in the harmony of this ministry, but you are God's possession. Do you feel rich? I said, do you feel rich? Do you feel wealthy? Open up your heart now and say, God, I thank you. Wasilla, hear the word of the Lord. Lift your voice. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. 
do it because you want to. Come on, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices, lift them. You're not done and you're not over with. Wasilla, lift up, lift, press for a moment, press. God is calling for some of you that are watching that left, get back. Get yourself back, get back involved. Don't come whining. Come and let God heal you. Don't come blaming. Come and let God heal you. Drop all the unnecessary stuff. Get ready. God's raising. It's a local ministry with a world impact. Lift your voice. Lift them up. I dare you to. I challenge you. Tell God you know me. I want to apply. Rightly divide. I want to apply that. Your word to me. It's not for everybody. They used to say it's not... It's not, my, it's not my brother, my mother. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. This is me. I'm ready. I'm ready to be transformed. I want the necessary transmission to move me, to get me in preparation for this. I'm calling out the brokenhearted. I'm calling out the disappointed. I'm calling out those that are hopeless, lonely. I'm calling for those that feel out of place. There's a seal on you. It's a seal of security. You don't have to worry. You're not aimless. God's not forgotten you. He's not walked over you to get to somebody else. You're in his plan. You are his possession. I'll say it again, you are his possession. I'll say it again, you are his possession. I'll say it again, you are his possession. It's never been about the money. It's always been about the mission. It's never been about the building. It's always been about the temple. You are his possession. There's nothing you can't put your hand together that God won't do for you. You are a dangerous people. I'll say it again. I'll open. I'll say it to the top of my lungs. You are a dangerous people. You are God's battle axe in his hand darkness will suffer because of you people will be healed and delivered because of you the lampstand you that the hammer has been on for months for a few years now prepping you moving you to a place to where your arms are outstretched you can welcome anybody you can see anybody you can love anybody you have no bigotry you have no prejudice you don't care what they look like what they have on you don't care it doesn't matter to you the hammer has been on you to be a lampstand that the world will feel what's happening in alaska well i hope you were encouraged by god's word thank you again for listening to king's alaska podcast god bless you for more great content Go to casealaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.